So we've heard this, this is the last Sunday, the fourth Sunday of Advent. This is a season in our church where we prepare and anticipate the coming of Christ. It's a time when we are awaiting the already, and, and that's been our series these last four weeks. We're awaiting the arrival of Jesus who has already come, but we're waiting again as we do each year. We've been looking at the scriptures that are they're very familiar to us, the, these stories, these gospel stories of the birth of Jesus. Similar parts of a story, but from different vantage points, from different angles. And each gospel author has a little bit different focus, a little bit different theme about the birth of Jesus. Four weeks ago, we looked at the book of Mark. And, and the book of Mark, we saw that we're to slow down, we're to turn around and prepare the way for Jesus. Matthew would have us to, to confront the reality of our world, the reality of the, the hurting world around us, and to look for Jesus who is already present and already working. And then last week, we looked at the Gospel of John. And we looked at the beautiful music of the first two chapters and, and Mary's song, the Magnificat, and Zechariah's song, and the song of the angels, the Gloria, and the song of Simeon. And we said that Luke, Luke would have us to sing songs. And today we look at John. And John's a very different gospel than the other three. John is a poet, and his very poetic and word-flourishing way, Jesus, he wants us to know that Jesus is the Messiah and was sent to be the light in a dark world. John's gospel was, was finished around A.D. 90, and his audience was to the Jewish people hoping that they would believe that Jesus is the Messiah. That is the main theme of, of John's gospel, to believe. You see it over and over and over in the text. This gospel is a little more spiritual than the other gospels. The other three gospels are called the, the synoptic gospels, the same gospels. They're very similar in nature. John's gospel is different. It's poetic. It's spiritual. It shows a lot of the soul of Jesus. And in it, Jesus talks often about who he is. I am the bread of life. I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the Lamb of God. A lot of symbolic language, a lot of symbolic imageries, and, and it starts out very differently from the other narratives. It doesn't start out with John the Baptist. It doesn't start out with Mary or Joseph. It doesn't start off with in those days, Caesar Augustus. Starts out very differently. and In fact, the whole gospel is very different. 90% of the gospel of John is original material that doesn't appear anywhere else in the other gospels. So here's what it doesn't have. It doesn't have any parables. It doesn't have the word repentance in it. There's no casting out of demons. There's, there's no eating with the outcasts. There's very little talk of the end times, and, and the concept of the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven isn't present in the Gospel of John like it is in the other Gospels. 
There's no call to self-denial and, and carrying one's cross. There's no call to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. There's no call to, to get rid of our possessions and give them to the poor. None of that's in there. But what's in there is a constant comparison of the light versus the darkness. John is, is super focused on the light and the darkness. So I was thinking about the light and the darkness, and have you ever been awake at the nighttime and, and in a dark room, maybe in your house, and, uh, and you stepped on something you weren't expecting to step on? Right? Parents, toys, right? What's the, what's the one toy that we all hate to step on? Legos. I was grateful my kids were never really into too many Legos. But I stepped on lots of other things. So toys or Legos or pets, step on pets. You know, the cat always seems to be under your feet. Or if not pets, pet stuff. Just leave it at that. Light can be extremely helpful in avoiding these things in the dark. And, and this is what John is telling us. This is what John is trying to tell us, that the light of Christ is helpful for us in, in many different ways. So let's look at the scripture. We're starting in John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 1. Suddenly forgot that I can't read without these things. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was with God in the beginning. Everything came into being through the Word, and without the Word, nothing came into being. What came into being through the Word was life, and the life was the light for all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not extinguish the light. Now a man named John was sent by God. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light, so that through him everyone would believe in the light. He himself wasn't the light, but his mission was to testify concerning the light. The true light that comes on all people was coming into the world. The light was in the world, and the world came into being through the light. But the world didn't recognize the light. The light came to his own people, and his own people didn't welcome him. But those who did welcome him, those who believed in his name, he authorized to become God's children, born not from blood, nor from human desire or passion, but born from God. The Word became flesh and made his home among us. We've seen his glory, glory like that of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified about him, crying out, This is the one of whom I said, He who comes after me is greater than me because he existed before me. From his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. As the law was given through Moses, so grace and truth came into being through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. 
God, the only Son, who is at the Father's side, has made God known. Well, that clarifies it. Like I said, John is a very poetic word, flourishing kind of way. In fact, John makes up some new Greek words in his text that aren't used anywhere else in the Greek language, nowhere else in the New Testament. John likes to create some new words. John's writing at times can be very, very confusing. He talks about a lot of different things, about the Word and and life and the light. But if we replace a couple words, I think it brings this passage especially into focus. So let's look at the text with a couple replacements. In the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. Jesus was with God in the beginning. Everything came into being through Jesus, and without Jesus, nothing came into being. What came into being through Jesus was life, and the life was the light for all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness doesn't extinguish the light. The Word. The Word isn't this Bible. The Word is not a book bound with several thousand pages. I dare say, this is not the Word of God. Now, before you throw anything at me, the Word of God is Jesus Christ Himself. Jesus is the Word of God. And we see in Jesus' life, the Word of God lived out in real time. Eugene Peterson wrote a translation of the Bible called The Message. Eugene Peterson just recently died a couple months ago, and in his message, he has a great translation of the Word became flesh and lived among us. He says, the Word became flesh and moved into our neighborhood. Jesus put on flesh, came down from heaven, from the the hand of God, and moved into our neighborhood, and lived out a life that is the Word of God. We look to Jesus, the Word of God. And Jesus is the one who brings light. Jesus is the true light that shines on all people. At Christmas time, we have all kinds of different lights around us. We have lights that are in, in on houses and trees and in, in businesses. And everywhere we look, we can find lights everywhere. It might be uh, Santa Claus among the lights or Winnie the Pooh or Snoopy and the gang. It might be minions or even this week we heard some clutter of dragons and disruption, dragon celebrations in front yards. And... But these lights, even whatever they are, whatever cartoon character may be, the lights help us remember and help point us to the true light in Jesus Christ. So I was thinking and pondering about what does the light do? What does Jesus' light do? Well, Jesus comes to bring us life through the light. And he comes to first bring order to our lives. 
Light brings order out of chaos. Think back to the very beginning, the creation of the world, which we are told in John's scripture, Jesus was there before the creation of the world and was a part of the creation of the world. The light separates the day and the night and brings order to the world. And likewise, Jesus, the light, brings order to our lives as well. Secondly, the light helps relieve fears. It reveals what's around us. When, when we're walking through the house at night and we don't know what's quite there, you're a little tentative of where you might step. Especially if it might be an unusual path. Or maybe you're not in the house. Maybe you're, you're out walking around the neighborhood or walking in a pathway you don't know, maybe in the woods. And, and what we don't see creates some anxiety and some fear for us. We don't see what's happening around. We don't know what's there. Particularly, we might, we might hear what might be hinting at what might be there, and that might raise our fear level a little bit. But if we can't see, we may be fearful of what's out there. So Jesus' light helps relieve our fears. It reveals what's around us, relieving our fears, and it shows us the reality of what's happening around us. Many times our fears is because we don't know the reality of what is happening around us. Light gives us a reality. Thirdly, he comes to help us change to become more like him. The light reveals things about ourselves that we may want to change. The light shines on places that are, we may like to keep hidden. Part of our hidden lives, part of our our inner self that we want no one to know about and we don't want to think about. But Jesus' light directs and opens up these areas and illuminates these areas so that we can investigate them and we can change and become more like Jesus wants us to be. And lastly, Jesus comes to guide and direct our steps. Just like the story in Matthew 2 we're going to read about when Epiphany starts in a couple weeks, the wise men who followed the star, the star that was there, and, and it guided the wise men to Bethlehem, to the place where Jesus was born. And people much smarter than me still to this day can, can navigate using the stars. I can barely get around using the GPS. But before GPS... There's, and still there is star navigation from the lights of the sky. There's a story about uh, the astronaut Jim Lovell. You remember Apollo 13? If you don't remember Jim Lovell, you might remember Tom Hanks as Jim Lovell. They were supposed to go to the moon. And then we have the famous line from Jim Lovell, Houston, we have a problem. But before... Jim Lovell had a problem on Apollo 13. He had a problem out in the Pacific Ocean. He was a fighter pilot and somehow got uh, disconnected from his aircraft carrier and wasn't sure which direction to go in order to find his aircraft carrier and to safely land again. 
So eventually, though, he was looking around. He's looking for light. He was looking for clues. And he saw the, the phosphorescent, luminescent plankton that was being stirred up in the wake of the aircraft carrier. And he followed the light to his home base. Lovell looked for the light, and the light guided him and directed him to a place of safety, just like Jesus, our true light, does for us. You might say, well, that's all good and well for Jim Lovell, and that's these four things, that, that makes sense, I understand, but what, what does this mean for us? What a, as we leave here, what, how does this make me any different? Well, remember... The other character in this story is, is John the Baptist. And, and John the Baptist has been present in virtually every gospel so far. And, and in fact, might be the most prolific character in these gospels. And in verses 6 and 8, 6 through 8, we're looking at John the Baptist. And he says that he has come to give witness to the light. He is not the light, but he's come to witness and testify about the light. He came to point people toward the light. To say, I'm not the light, the light is over there. I'm not the light, the light is coming. Just wait, the light is coming. And then, on that day when Jesus comes to the Jordan River to be baptized, John says, here he is, this is the one. This is the one I've been telling you about. So just like John the Baptist, we are to point people to the light. We are to reflect God's light and direct and point people to the true light of Jesus. There's this, uh, there's this town in Norway. Uh, Rukon is the name of the town. And it's situated in a very low valley between a, a very large mountain and a lesser mountain. And six months out of the year, September through March in the wintertime, it is completely in the shadow of the mountain. The sun is so low in the wintertime that the, the town is in the shadow. And so people are filled, they're in completely in the dark during six months out of the year. So a hundred years ago, they were trying to, to figure out a, a solution, and they came up with a solution, but they, they didn't have the technology to do it. But what they did instead is they developed a cable car system and they took them up to the mountain, so that the lesser mountain, so that they, in the wintertime, could see sunlight. We've come to know that this, this disorder of seasonal active, uh, affective disorder, SAD, that when we can't see natural light, it affects our bodies, it affects how we live, it affects our uh, feelings, it affects and gives, uh, can create depression, anxiety, and fear. And In fact, there, there's a whole industry selling certain kinds of lights to have at your desk and in your office and your house that give off this, uh, this kind of light that is similar to sunlight to combat seasonal affective disorder. So this town, six months out of the year, was in the dark. And so they wanted to find a solution. So what they did is they installed these great mirror panels on the lesser mountain. And they're, they operate from solar panels and wind energy. And these panels track 
with the sun and direct the sunlight down into the town center. You can see them standing in the town center in the great light on the mountain. Now, it doesn't illuminate like that the whole town, but it gives off enough ambient light to create a daytime feeling and help combat this life disorder so people can see the sun without having to, to go up on a cable car into the mountain. And that is what we should be like. Have you ever done this experiment with a mirror and a flashlight? Here. Diane, you want to come help me? So, Diana, will you uh, sit right there? Okay. You have a flashlight, and will you shine that right at the mirror? And then I can take that mirror, and I can shine the light. Right now it's in the back. I don't want to blind anybody, so beware. And I can shine that light on everyone here. We can go up, we can go down. As long as I'm facing the light, it's going to shine and reflect the light. Thank you, Diana. Now, I'm not the flashlight. We are not the flashlight. We are simply letting the light reflect off of us and on to other people. And I believe that's what our, what our calling is to be. We're not to be the flashlight. That's clear. Jesus is the light. But we are called to be like mirrors that reflect Jesus' light out into the world, that give light and life like the mirrors in Norway. And it is through our reflection of, our light, of God's light in our lives that others can see Jesus at work in the world. But as we go about reflecting light, we have to be careful about a couple things. The first thing we need to remember that we are not the flashlight. We need a flashlight, and that flashlight is Jesus Christ. We are not the flashlight. He is the flashlight. Secondly, we need to make sure we keep the mirror facing the flashlight. We need to stay turned toward Jesus. If I turn the mirror away from the flashlight, the reflection goes away. If we turn away from Jesus, the reflection of Jesus' light goes away. And they're standing just simply looking at us, not the light of Jesus. And lastly, we need to make sure that nothing comes between us and the light. Like the light source of the, of the sun in the town in Norway, the large mountain came between the sun and the town and cast a great shadow on the valley. We need to make sure that nothing comes between us and Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, I'm not always good at that. I'm not always good at these three things. I'm not always good at, at making sure that Jesus is the flashlight. Sometimes I like to think that I can be the flashlight. 
I might have a better way, an easier way, a different way. Usually just because it's easier for me, or maybe it makes people look at me instead of the light. But I'm not always good at making sure that I keep Jesus as the flashlight. And I'm not always good at uh, making sure that I'm turned towards Jesus. There's many things in our lives that, that uh, can, can distract us and confuse us. And we might look, oh, look, there's something going on over there. And all of a sudden, we're turned away from Jesus. Or, oh, well, there's something over here. And we aren't lined up with Jesus. And lastly, I'm not always good at making sure that nothing comes between me and Jesus. Lots of things get in the way. Life gets in the way. My past gets in the way. Relationships get in the way. Distractions get in the way. Money gets in the way. And then there is no way for the true light to come shining and to reflect off of me. I hope I'm not alone in that. I don't think I am. We need to make sure that we know who the flashlight is, that we stay turned toward the flashlight, and we don't let anything come between us and the flashlight. Friends, we'll be able to, to reflect the Jesus light. We'll be able to reflect Jesus light because he is the true light. He is the true light that shines on all people. Just like the town in Norway, Jesus' true light illuminates the whole world and sometimes he uses us as mirrors of his light to hit all people. Friends, he is the true light for all people and he is coming again as the Savior for all people. Amen? Amen. Amen.